Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Cellular Healing TV. I am here with the one and only Dr. Pampa, and we don't have any other guests because we thought it was important. You know, Dr. Pampa and I, we were kind of talking a couple weeks ago, and, you know, Dr. Pampa does such a great job at teaching all of his practitioners amazing tools to stay healthy, nurture the immune system, detox, fasting, and he does share a lot of that here, but there is one hot topic that I think we get more messages about than anything else right now, especially in the year 2020, and that is the immune system. And I asked Dr. Pampa, have we done a cell TV about the immune system? And if not, why not? We need to share this with the public because they need to know how to take care of themselves and build up immunity. And there's so many misconceptions. People are told so many different supplements to take and you know things to do. And you know, we are just confused. You know, I, I work with Dr. Pompa on a daily basis and I still get confused sometimes. There's just so much information out there. So we wanted to just do an episode dedicated to the immune system. So welcome Dr. Pompa. We are so excited to be sharing this information. You know, I, I have, I've been sharing this message with doctors around the country and you encourage me to bring it here. Uh, you know, everyone needs to hear that message. You know, it really, it stemmed out of my frustration from the beginning of this you know, just looking at social media and it's, it was always one product being hucked after another. And look, uh, in this episode, I mean, you can even ask me the question, you know, what supplements, nutrients do I, I think would be good? And I'll answer the question because I'm not knocking that, right? But what's missing is where real immunity actually comes from. And nobody is talking about that. And there, there lied my frustration to educate my doctors about it, get people really understanding. This is the message that we have an opportunity. Uh, COVID has brought us many opportunities. Um, I believe that, right? I mean, it, there's been curses too. I, I have a saying, I say, COVID curses, COVID opportunities. I think there's a great opportunity to educate people on where, re, where real immunity comes from and then, you know, get them to be educated to really make changes that are going to affect their life beyond this, uh, beyond this pandemic, you know, into something much bigger. And, and that's literally uh, being a statistic of, of dying of an age-related disease. Well, look, I, with that said, I, I made it as simple as I could. I, I think there's two big ones that we're not talking about and we need to be talking about, we need to address. And I, so I, I hope people share this and I hope people hear the message. Clearly. Absolutely. So yeah, one of the gifts I think that COVID has brought us is that we are all very aware of our immune systems now. It's a, it's a, a word you hear constantly nowadays from people who normally don't talk about their immune system. So that is, I think, a gift that we have been graced with this year. So Dr. Pampa, where, you know, where does your immune system lie? You know, what are these, you know, parts of your immune system that you focus on the most? Yeah, look, I, you know, I think that if we asked many people today, you know, where their immune system lies, I, it, it's almost a very confusing question. Uh, they'd look at you like, oh, you know, um, but okay, um, cells it is, but also bacteria. Uh, we have more bacteria than cells, but the two, their communication with one another is really where immunity lies. So in my lecture on real immunity, I'll even share some of my PowerPoints. You know, I don't want to bore people with a PowerPoint presentation by no means, but I do feel the need to oftentimes to cite some studies 
when I make a point. But the, the, the point is, though, is I think some people would actually say, hey, your gut microbiome, because of yogurt commercials on TV, 70% of our immune system starts in our gut. Because of the yogurt, now I'm not saying their, their solution, their yogurt is, is an answer. Quite the opposite, because I think people, everybody is all probiotic, this, probiotic, that, right? And people are taking probiotics. But one of the messages that I'm always teaching doctors is, you know, if it were so easy to take a probiotic and truly affect our immune system, because it's not just our microbiome or our gut bacteria. There's something more specific than that when we really look at the science around immunity and how we build real immunity uh, from our gut on out. Okay, so if we had to label this number one, it's not just gut microbiome, but it's gut microbiome diversity. So that's where the real sciences. Uh, so what do we mean by that? And again, I'm, I'm going to pull back because this lecture is typically for doctors, but so diversity means the, the number of types of bacteria that you have. It's called alpha diversity when you look at a microbiome test. And we, you know, all of the new tests, right? And you know my criticism of all the different tests out there, right? Um, we've got one thing, from the microbiome testing, because we thought we could take microbiome testing and adjust people's diet and look at your microbiome and do this or what medications, you know, it wasn't so simple. But what we got from all the new testing was, ah, diversity is king. We can look at someone who's healthy and see great diversity in the types of bacteria they have. We can look at someone who's not healthy and say, mm, you know, this person definitely is not healthy and we can really rate their immune system. So when we, when I get a test of someone's microbiome, I, really the main thing that I look at and almost the only thing I care about is the alpha diversity, because that's the, really the thing that echoes, you know, what, what matters more. It and, might show that they're eating the same foods over and over again. Like if you do the food sensitivity tests, it might pull up the top five foods that you eat every week and you go, why are these? These are my favorite foods. Well, yeah, because you eat them every single day. So well, yeah. you, you tapped in unknowingly, I think, um, to part of the answer, <laughs> because you're right. What you're saying is when, you know, most people, you know, especially here in America, uh, they eat the same eight foods. Okay. That, that's, I think, a study that. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all might guilty of that, but that is absolutely the kiss of death for diversity. So hang on to that thought. Um, let me share my screen. I said I would share a couple PowerPoints, but again, I don't want to um, bore our audience with too many PowerPoints. Um, but let me hear, hold on, I am in the wrong place. Let's see, screen share, let's share. You know me with technology. No, I'm proud of you. Oh, host disabled attendees oh. screen share. All right, Was that me... you, host? <laughs> I think so. It's the Zoom, you know, the Zoom security now is... Uh... Yeah. Um, all right, we'll get this in a second. Yeah, no, go ahead. While, while you're doing that. Um, but, you know, when, when we look at diversity, I guess the question I would ask, uh, your question is, is, okay, if this diversity is the king, we can't increase diversity with probiotics. And by the way, I'm not against probiotics, okay, or, or taking bacteria. Matter of fact, I'll share with you a strategy I shared with the doctors. I'll, I'll pull that PowerPoint up because there is a strategy I think is better. You got, okay. Um, but, but it's not, 
how we increase diversity. If you spoke to the doctors that I trained, you know, we would all agree that, uh, man, if it were only so easy, just giving people bacteria um, and doing it, well, it's not, or yogurt or whatever it is. Um, that therein lies the answer. So yogurt company was, they were smart about, you know, acknowledging that the immune system is in the gut, but their advice about how to handle that was, that was the wrong part, you know? Well, right. I mean, we, we tend to oversimplify messages when we're marketing products, which is smart, I guess, but, you know, but okay. So they are stating a fact, right. That, you know, a lot of the immune system, 70% starts in the gut estimated, you know, so take yogurt, right. You know, people can make that connection. If, if in their ad they talked about, well, it's diversity, I'm not even listening, I'm not buying your product anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> so but it is more complicated than that, right? So yogurt is usually filled with so much sugar, it's probably doing more harm than good to your yeah. Oh my gosh, totally. All right, so I'm just looking at this. Uh, can you see my screen? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So I, I, I just wanted to show this just to show you the importance of diversity. A decrease in diversity is associated with all these diseases. And, and you can see the studies, you know, there that, that show that. So, you know, of course, when you look at the amount of autoimmune that's on that page, you have, you know, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, celiac, uh, you know, I mean, so many things. And then you have hormone conditions, PCOS, you know, then you have the obvious, I think, obesity, just inflammation in general, high cholesterol, insulin resistance. So, I mean, there's more, but, uh, you know, I pulled up, you know, those studies um, easily obtainable, but, you know, that just shows you the connection of diversity to your immune system, but also a lot of other diseases. And I already said this, right, it is the answer just more probiotic, you know, I, and I wish it were so simple. Okay, so I said, but let, let's talk about probiotic while I have this PowerPoint up. Let me give you what I, how I think you should deal with a probiotic. I teach uh, bacterial rotation. So meaning that when I get a client and my doctors would say the same thing, uh, typically they're taking a probiotic. Many people are. Most people. But they've been, and when we ask the question, how long have you been on it? It's typically months, if not years, the same one. Well, that can create a problem. If you look at that first bullet there, I'll put my cursor on it. Um, it can cause monoculturing. So bacterial rotation, which I'm gonna show you how to do in a second, prevents this monoculturing, meaning you're just putting in the same seven bacteria from your probiotic. Oh, but these bacteria are so good and you, you, know, you read the thing on it and it's amazing. But the problem is, is now you're monoculturing, you're overpopulating. So you're actually doing the opposite of diversity. You're actually pulling in in creating too much of these seven or 11, whatever your uh, product, maybe three, um, you know, has in it. We don't want that. So um, different bacteria have different purposes. So we want to, you know, when we take probiotic, we want to rotate between different types. So when I say th there are different types, there's spore types, there's soil organisms, and then there's other, you know, types of more uh, popular types of probiotic all have different purposes and benefits. We want to have a variety of those. Okay, so. Do you like to rotate daily? Like every day you take something different or do you like to just finish a bottle for a month and then move to a new bottle the next Yeah, month? so if you look at my how-to, so step one is I like to start with the spore type of bacteria. And I gave you a product that I love called Megaspore. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another one called Proflora. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's many of these types now, but here's the problem, the public, 
I've yet to run into just the general person on the street that's taking spore types of bacteria. So I like to start with those because I, I typically know that it's the type that most people don't have. And there's other, I, spore uh, bacteria make it through the gut all the way to the colon, which you know is an argument for they have a greater impact. They work very differently than taking say acidophilus in that they actually create a stress um, you know, in the uh, bacteria in the gut. So they work a little different. So I, I'll keep people on those for a couple months and then I'll rotate in some other ones. And then to your question, I like to rotate them every month, right? So maybe two or three months on these because I know that people haven't had them. And then I go through and I just gave some examples, MBC, Proflora, um, back to Megaspore. And maybe you have another favorite that's done well. Great, bring that one in too. But every month you can actually rotate. Now I'm, I'm saying this, because there's benefit to bacteria. But I'm not saying that this is the answer to creating diversity. At least it's an answer to not wrecking your diversity, okay? And it brings some other things. So then what is the big, big diversity creator? The answer may surprise you, it's fasting. Uh, fasting is a stress. So in simplicity here, the answer to your question, well, Dr. Mamba, how do I create this diversity? you stress your microbiome, which sounds odd, but it's no different than exercise. If we, if we stress a muscle and we adapt, we force adaptation and the muscle gets stronger. Well, guess what? It's the same with our microbiome. It's the same with you know, just about anything. So fasting is a stress on the microbiome. I just cited some things here, um, why it's a stress on what it does. So studies show fasting resets our microbiome, meaning that literally, your microbiome changes dramatically after a fast. Now, again, fasting could be 24 hours. It could be 20 hours. It could be 15 hours. That's called an intermittent fast, right? Or it could be three days or five days, which stresses it even more. So I really want to emphasize the extended fast really changes and resets our microbiome. One of the things that happens during a fast is good and bad bacteria are starved down. And then when we start eating again, we see a rise of good bacteria. So that's a really good way to change this dysbiosis, meaning too many bad, not enough good. Um, good bacteria have the ability to adapt and become stronger, whereas bad bacteria seem not to. So, you know, all this is, is from studies, but, you know, fasting flips a genetic switch via the microbiome to turn off inflammation. So we see this massive decrease in inflammation during and after fasting. And a lot of that has to do with this diversity that's created. And then my major point here is fasting can increase diversity, which affects our immunity, right? So, and I, I cited just a couple studies there um, that showing, proving my point. And um, the second study, because I was asked this question, I actually added it. Um, that second study there, because you see one and two, it made the point that in their study, Juice fasting actually didn't, it actually created, you know, oftentimes a worse microbiome. The best stress out of all the fasts that they looked at was water fasting. Now, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a fan of um, partial fasting. And I think there's a lot of good stuff that happens in partial fasting. But in this particular study, water fasting stressed the microbiome so much that we saw this diversity change, you know, afterwards. And I just kind of cited that study too. And Fasting fixes the gut uh, bacteria and it turns off autoimmunity, 
right? And it, we, we saw this decrease in inflammation and resetting of the microbiome, which again, if you spoke to my doctors that I trained, they would say, look, we could never help autoimmune cases without fasting. Uh, and a lot of that comes from the, um, you know, the, the uh, change of the diversity of the microbiome. And of course, autophagy really says it all. During a fast, your body gets rid of bad cells. Well, guess what? Same thing with, it, it, there's a, it happens, it gets rid of pathogens as, uh, as well. And this gentleman showed that. So if you look at him, he won the Nobel prize for showing how fasting, states of fasting creates this autophagy, which it gets rid of not just um, bad cells in your body, but it gets rid of the cellular rubbish, including pathogenic bacteria. If you look at the very last line there. So we know that it gets rid of bad bacteria in the gut and it creates more diversity. So autophagy plays a role in this. So when you're done with a fast, when you break a fast, is it important to get good bacteria right back into your gut? Do you usually want to break your fast with some sauerkraut or something? You know? Yeah, I do. I, I like to, you know, with, you know, foods that feed the good guys and, you know, fermented foods and just even fibrous foods, you know, yes, we want to feed the good guys because we have the opportunity when good and bad are down, we have the opportunity to feed the good and give them the things that make them uh, get, become stronger. But, you know, uh, this guy here, Dr. Walter Longo, um, one of the, you know, he took um, autophagy and fasting to another level. And, you know, you can see the last line there that I highlighted. Fasting purges and rebuilds immune cells, populations with more naive T cells. What does he mean by that? Meaning that during a state of fasting, you get rid of bad bacteria, but you're starving down immune cells. We call them senescent or immuno senescent cells, meaning that these are immune cells that live too long. Now, why is that significant? It's significant because these are the ones that really, I, I, I call them government workers. And I always you know, back off because I might offend somebody. But there's a joke in there um, because they sit around doing a lot of nothing senescent cells. But worse than that, they cause trouble with their um, other workers. You know, they, they, they recruit people, um, other cells to do nothing. They drive inflammation. Right. So you end up with low immunity when you have a lot of these immunosenescent cells and you end up with hyper immunity. So they lead to uh, food allergies. They lead to allergies, period. They lead to food intolerances. You know, early on, I don't even remember if you remember me doing this video on Facebook. This is when you could actually do videos about COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I cited a study uh, and I spoke, the, you know, the, the interview with, with uh, the gentleman who actually um, talked about the study, the most part of it. He said the people who are really getting sick from this virus has one thing in common. Of course, of course, we know there's comorbidities with other conditions, diabetes, heart disease, obesity. Right. And we'll talk about that coming in a moment, too. Um, but he said that they all have one thing in common. And whether they're 35 and whether they're 80, you know, but they all have one thing in common. They have a lot of immunosenescent cells. I parked right up to this study because I was like, he's right on the money. So he basically said that these are the people that we know are getting hit the hardest. And again, older people that are more vulnerable to this particular virus, they have a more uh, immunosenescent cells. Now, not all old people, you could be 80 years old and have low numbers because you're very healthy. 
and you could get this virus and go right through it, no problem. You could be 35 and have a lot of immunosenescent cells for different, you know, comorbidity reasons, and you could get very sick. Okay, so immunosenescent cells, how do we get rid of them? Well, according to studies, fasting is the best way. So yes, we're changing our bacteria for better here, and then we're also getting rid of the immune cells that are government workers. They're laying around doing a lot of nothing, right? And um, we're getting rid of those and creating new immune cells. So according to Longo's work that you see in front of you there, what happens is you get rid of that bad one immune cell, but you're stimulating a stem cell and creating a vibrant immune cell. So you literally rebuild your immune cell population. And that's his point in that study. So Dr. Pompa, are you saying grandmas were wrong about us feeding fevers, eating lots of chicken noodle soup? And, you know, if you feel like you're getting sick to just eat and nourish yourself. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I say this grandma may have been right. Listen to your innate intelligence. Uh, I would say, eat, you know, even with COVID, if you're hungry, eat. If you're not, don't, right? That's your innate intelligence, right? And, and you know what I found with this particular virus is, you know, there's um, some people are hungry, some people aren't, you know, so it, your, your, your body knows. And I would say, listen to that, right? But really, I'm talking about prevention here, even mostly, right? I'm talking about, you know, this is what we need to do to change the narrative from, you know, take this, take that. Wait a minute. You know, where, where's the real science around, you know, who's getting sick, why, and what we can do? Because this isn't going away. There's going to be new strains, right? This is, so, you know, if it were only so simple, just taking vitamin D, it's, it's not so simple. We have to diminish these immunosenescent cells. We have to create diversity. Well, fasting does both. So, you know, I'm saying, Add, listen, get my book. There it is in front here. I'll, there, there it is on that slide. You can see it. I mean, beyond fasting. I mean, I, I teach you how to do it, how to do it right. And, um, you know, this slide here says, you know, well, what, work, what fast should I do? I, I already said I'm not a fan of juice fasting, but water fasting, bone broth fasting, partial fasting. Uh, Walter Longo, who I just had a picture of, fasting mimicking diet. Um, my book talks about all of these different strategies. So, so we're then, all getting ahead of getting sick. We want to, you know, work on our immune systems now. So when a virus comes around or some sort of a bacteria or a cold, we are prepared. Our bodies are prepared to fight. No, I believe that we're all genetically set up to fast. And today we're constantly in a feast mode and that's a problem. And it does lead to low immunity. But look, the good news is you can anti-age, you can change your immune system. I believe we have to do this just by adding fasting, something our bodies are genetically programmed to do in any aspect, you know, it could be a partial fast. It could be, this doesn't have to be hard, you know, but you need to add it. I believe that in all my heart. Do you remember the interview with Thomas Seyfried? Um, Thomas, uh, he said that, you know, one fast a year, yes. an extended fast. Now he was talking extended fast. He believes decreases your cancer rates by at least 95%. Yeah. Do one fast a year, mm -hmm. do four, do two, whatever, yeah. just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So, well, this is the, the strategy that you alluded to because you said <laughs> like people are eating, you know, when we're talking about microbiome diversity, you're saying people are eating the same foods. Yeah. It's the kiss of death. And, and for multiple reasons, by the way, but diet variation strategies, which I teach in my book in chapters four and five, um, it, it really, <laughs> 
it, it, again, it, fasting is the king of diversity. This is the queen. Uh, we, we can't change microbiome diversity in our immune system without dietary change. And that, that can look very differently because there's weekly strategies that I teach. There's monthly strategies and there's seasonal strategies. And all I think are, are important. But first of all, l- let's look at this. You know, this forces just like fasting. It, it forces, forces the body to adapt. So when we change our diet, we have to adapt to the change. How does it do it? It does it by changing the microbiome. So every time you change your diet, it, whether, you know, whether you go from a healthy, higher carbohydrate diet to ketosis, massive change has to happen in the microbiome. So what we know, people that make these changes the most actually have more diversity. Right. And, and again, there's weekly strategies and monthly strategies here. But what we know happens is the microbiome makes the adaptation. And the other point that I highlighted for this conversation is our DNA is programmed for these changes, just like fasting. And when we don't do it, we end up with a very, uh, very stagnant microbiome. So ultimately, you know, we have to change our diet if we're going to have diversity in our gut. And I just want to flip, I'm going to, this, this is a good slide. So you know, just to give you an idea how this works, we know that when we take humans or animals from cold to hot to cold, we force the body to adapt. How it adapts is hormonally, you get these growth hormone spikes and norepinephrine spikes, which downregulate inflammation. But this study showed that the adaptation, when they took mice that were unable to lose weight, they put them in cold environments, in, in out of cold environments, in a cold environment, out of cold environment. The research, and this is prestigious uh, journal that it came out of, a, a, particular, uh, my, a particular bacteria, Acromensia, actually associated with obesity and diabetes virtually disappeared. And then the animals became thin the more they caused this to happen. So why did it happen? The body the mouse had to adapt to the cold hot and it did it by adjusting the microbiome. It created a more diverse, got rid of some bad and upregulated some others. So really cool. So more stress. Yeah, exactly. More stress. I I think then the other example is exercise, right? And I made that point already, but your body adapts to the stress and gets stronger, you know, and, and that's exactly what was happening with dietary changes. So, and then, you know, this is a weekly variation example, how you can add variation into your weekly cycle. Um, 511, I I talk about it in chapter four in my book, but it's it's five days of a a keto. Now, you know, the reason I like keto in this situation is because it's low carb. Okay, then randomly you eat one, you have one day a week where you eat either just one meal, so you're fasting 23 hours, um, or maybe no meal, right? So that's a great stress on your mitochondria, your gut bacteria, and then take one day and add a feast. You see what I'm doing? I'm creating, forcing the adaptation. I'm creating diversity in my microbiome. And then you can take it another step further and add two days where you're fasting and just one feast day. So what we're creating is what I call feast famine, which forces adaptation in the gut. Now, someone who already has an autoimmune condition, uh, thyroid, 
um, anything like that, would you still say that they could do a four, two, one with two fasting days? Yeah, um, I, I, I believe so. Um, but some people may need two feasting days, mm-hmm. which I would call three, two, two, you know, and I, I talk about that in the book. Um, certain conditions, like even thyroid conditions, uh, people with adrenal issues, they can do famine days, but what they forget is they need feast days. The feast days are as important as the fast days. And it's hard for people to understand that oftentimes because, but believe me, when people say, well, I can't fast. Say, no, no, no. You can fast, but you need feast yes. more so. Some people do better with more feast and less famine. Some people the opposite, but you know, you can, my book kind of helps you figure that out. And this is uh, an example of a monthly variation where we take five days a month and do either high carbs or high protein. And for the women listening, the week before your cycle is actually magic because we have a lot of hormone conversions that are happening. So when we do higher carb or protein, we help the hormone conversions and hormonally the rest of the month you're transformed. So, but, but again, I, I'm just giving you examples of how we can vary our diet weekly, monthly, you know, and then of course, seasonally. And I, I, I put that study in here because um, it says the perfect thing. Modern times are characterized by being constantly in a feast environment, but the cellular consequences may increase the risk of several diseases, including cancer. It's showing that it has an effect on our immune system by staying on the same diet all the time. Here's the problem, Ash. I'll, I'll stop sharing because I'm done showing those slides. But the, the problem is, is people, they feel better on a certain diet and then they're hooked there, whether it's vegan, vegetarian, keto, paleo. The point is, is that any diet, good or bad, whatever you think of it, too long creates monoculturing. You lose diversity in your gut. It's not good. We have to change our diet. Even if you're sold on that diet, please change, you know, and, and that's a, a key to changing the microbiome. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you can't be on a perfect, you know, whole foods, organic vegan diet or keto diet forever. You do have to yeah. rotate, you know, some different days. Now, what are your, some people get a little scared of the feast day because they think, you know, maybe they are going to get digestive issues or maybe they're going to gain weight, or maybe they might even harm their, um, their microbiome or even like their glucose might go up too high. So what are your favorite foods that people can maybe get some ideas? Cause I know people do like to fast, eat low carb, but they're scared of those feast days. Well, look, first of all, the good news is, uh, and I don't want to get into the science, but a feast day stimulates a pathway called mTOR. Fasting stimulates a pathway called autophagy, which I kind of went over. But mTOR can be stimulated by three things. You pick which one works best for you. High carbs. Maybe that doesn't work for you. High protein. Okay, so now that changes the game um, because you can do multiple different protein sources, but it, it works as a feast day. So maybe your feast day is going to 100, 150 grams of protein a day works like magic or more, more calories. A feast day could just be eating, you know, more meals. You know, maybe you eat four or five meals and, you know, take in 500 to a thousand more calories. That also is a feast day. So you pick it, uh, whatever works for you. So if someone is fasting every night, 18 hours, let's say that's the feast day is a day. Maybe you'll ask them to eat breakfast, like break their fast a little earlier, not, not be so yeah. In such a fasted state. So, and then how do you feel about supplementing with food probiotics? Like someone who drinks kombucha every day or 
Yeah. Well, again, I, I would argue you can run into the same problem as monoculturing, right? So if you're drinking the same kombucha every day, you could monoculture that. So mix up, you know, kombuchas, types, whatever companies, I, I think is a good strategy. And if you like a particular fermented food, mix up the fermented foods, right? I mean, if randomly you're eating a fermented food, I don't think you're going to monoculture. It's what you do every day. Now, what I've learned is I, I never thought this might be a problem you know, until I realized my own wife was drinking Trilogy every day, two times a day, right? I mean, that can lead to more of a, a problem. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I want to, I want to, I, I know we're going to get this question before I, I move on to the, the next big thing for real immunity. So people out there are going to say, wait a minute though, but your good bacteria needs fiber, you know, this and that. So, you know, this diet or that diet, paleo diet, how does that increase your diversity? Well, we had a guest on, um, and he is, he's an, uh, well, it doesn't matter. His name is Al, and, and he's uh, an amazing guy. I we believe we had two shows with him. And he was supposed to, you know, he was supposed to be long gone. He has cancer, and, and he was supposed to be dead by now. Well, we did show two, and it was like, hey, you're not dead. You know, and that was really, you know, his joke. But, um, you know, hey, I'm still here. I shouldn't be. Well, guess what diet he did? Um, he did a carnivore diet. Okay, that means all meat and fat. That's it. Zero fiber, all meat and fat. Okay, so that's opposite of what people would think you would do for cancer. But, you know, he's a very well-researched, um, you know, man, and, and he really cited all his research. But again, it's part of this diet variation concept. I recently looked at his microbiome test. His alpha diversity was ridiculous. No. Yeah. And now remember, he and it's since he did carnivore for a period of time, so many months. But he's not a lifer, right? He's not doing carnivore every day for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, he adds diversity now. Yeah. But I never he was 98% in alpha diversity, meaning that wow. he has better diversity than 98% of healthy people. Healthy wow. people. Okay, not not like just America, you right. know. Right. Healthy people, you know, so it's not what you think. That's I the, didn't hear that part. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I should have him back on, share that. Yeah. 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 I, I told him that because I, I do want to keep following up with him because I mean, he really is. Uh, the thing I love about the story and why I like following it is yeah. because he's done everything opposite that everyone would think, right? That's, that's he made his doctor's head spin. They were probably like, I don't want you to do this. It's not good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you can, and I, Ashley will put in the, the, the show notes what episodes they are. But actually, I, I, I think I can, you just did that for one of our groups. So let me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's such a good story. I love following it. And he's such a vibrant guy. He's truly an example of someone aging in reverse. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's just, yeah. So it's episodes 310 and 341. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So I guess the, the next big thing that people miss, and I've talked a lot about this, but we can just touch on it, is the, the, the cellular detox component. We knew right? you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. It, look, I mean, this is, this is a big deal. When we look at the comorbidities that go along with, you know, these people who are getting very sick, these, we could say, okay, great, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, we could go through this list, but let's go upstream further than that. And we would go, you know, these are people with 
cellular toxicity issues, right? I mean, I, I've made this connection, you know, to 80% of diabetes is really a toxic issue, right? Mm -hmm. And my doctors would agree. It's like these type two diabetics and the surge has more to do with literally toxins than it does the foods that they're eating. And again, we could talk about obesity, weight loss resistance. This is more of a toxic issue driving a hormone problem. I can go on and on. So, you know, what people don't realize, and, and you all have watched me do this so many times, but I'm going to do it and make a different point. So on every cell is receptors to hormones. I talk a lot about that, right? These are the cell phone towers that our hormones have to attach to, to get their message in the cell and you feel good. Okay, whether it's thyroid hormone, insulin, right? So hormone resistance is the problem, meaning that these receptors, something's blocking them and we can't hear our hormones. So it's become in vogue, even in the alternative world is taking hormones, bioidentical hormones, this hormone. But the problem is you can make your blood levels of these hormones look normal. But the fact is, I hope you can see that. Let me turn this way a little bit. The fact is, is that, if your cells can't hear them, it doesn't matter. So taking hormones seems to have this initial help because we're kind of shouting at the cell a little louder, but then we didn't fix the problem and our cell really can't hear it. And it becomes even more deaf to the hormones. And guess what? Now uh, we're not feeling well. Our blood levels look better, maybe, but we don't feel better. Okay, guess what? On every cell, vitamin D, uh, zinc. I mean, every vitamin also has to attach to receptors and then it can actually do what it needs to do in the cell. Arguably real immunity comes from your cell in particular, the cell membrane. And it was, uh, who we've interviewed here a couple times, Bruce Lipton, he, you know, he, his point is everything happens on the membrane immunity life begins on the membrane and ends on the membrane. You know, how well your hormones function, all of it's here, immunity is no different. So my point is you can take all the vitamin D you want or all the zinc you want, all the elderberry you want. If your cells are inflamed, you've got a deeper problem. And you're the person going, I do all that, but I still got sick, right? So the point is, is you have to ask yourself this question. I, I had said earlier, you have to ask the question, how do we create diversity? You should be asking the question now, well, what's, what's driving that? What's the number one problem? Because I feel I might have that problem. Toxicity. Toxins make their way in to that membrane and they drive inflammation. You know, so what I'm known for teaching in the doctor spaces is my cellular detox work. And, and, I, and I do talk about that at the end, at the end of my book. Um, and I'm, I'm writing the book on that right now. But cellular detox is at the core of real immunity. I'm not against taking hormones sometimes. I'm not against taking vitamin D, zinc. I think those things can be helpful. But I want you to hear the point of if your cells are inflamed because of toxicity, you've got a deeper upstream issue. That's where my cellular work comes in hand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you can't just focus on one thing. You have to work on your gut diversity. You have to implement fasting and detox is always huge. So where does somebody start? How do they know if their cells are inflamed? Like what's the first thing? There's a simple test. Uh, I believe you can get it off of uh, our website. Um, it's a meta-oxy test. Um, it's cheap. I'll, and put, I'll put a link to it. Yeah, it's a great test. 
Yeah, exactly. I, and it, it shows that if there's oxidation of the cell membrane, which indicates inflammation of the cell membrane, and um, it's a very simple test you can do. Uh, you know, and of course, you can just obviously look at even just how you feel, right? Uh, you know, the, the typical things that neurotoxic people get low energy, of course, because when your hormones, vitamins, minerals can't get their message in the cell, your mitochondria, that's your powerhouse where you make ATP, that's what gives you energy. Well, guess what? When these things can't get their message into that mitochondria, your energy drops. Now it doesn't matter. You're drinking coffee, you're doing things. Okay, so energy. Brain fog's another one. You need a certain amount of cellular energy and ATP to get this. Your brain is one of the, your brain and heart are the major producers of, or users of ATP. So the first place we notice it, brain fog. In the heart, lack of certain circulation, capillary circulation decreases energy. So fatigue, brain fog, and then anxiety. Why anxiety? Because your body starts using hormones, cortisol, adrenaline to make up the energy. And now you don't sleep. So that's another one. So anxiety, no sleep, brain fog. So again, if it looks like a duck, it waddles like one, it's probably a duck. You know, so what you don't about need unexplained, unexplained weight gain. Is that something that's a... Ab absolutely. Because see, when this cell can't hear these hormones, you know, thyroid hormone, insulin, leptin, I mean, I can go through estrogen, testosterone. Those are hormones that help your cell burn fat for energy. So when that, that can't hear those hormones, your cell can't hear the hormones, it can't burn fat for energy. So that means you, it doesn't matter what you eat. You're, to stay lean, you have to use your fat for energy, yeah. especially at night when you're not eating. And when your body loses that ability, now you're in trouble. Now what it doesn't matter what very, you uh, They're sitting there saying, but I'm really lean. I have low body fat. I can't afford to lose any weight. Can I still fast? Can I, still I would argue that you might need it more. You know, a lot of what, what I call skinny fat, you have fat in specific places, your belly, your thighs, and yet you're skinny because your body's using your own muscle to break it down into sugar because your cell can only use two things for energy, sugar or fat. When it hormonally loses the ability to use fat, now it will use sugar and it will get it even when you're eating the perfect diet, because it, it takes it from your muscle, which lowers your metabolism more, you have a new problem. And oftentimes you build up visceral fat, which leads to disease. So skinny fat doesn't mean you don't have this problem. And by the way, fasting is still the solution, whether you're skinny or fat, to really fix the cell. So cellular detox, fasting, diet variation, it's really part of what I call multi-therapeutic approach that I've taught for years. And it, 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 look, people want the simple pill, it's not so easy. And people just go, oh, I just, I changed my diet. It's not so easy. I always say today, the perfect diet won't get you well. You may not get well without the perfect diet, whatever that is. I believe it's variation, but it's really a cellular toxicity issue of why most people today don't feel well. Right. And if anyone wants to learn more about the multi-therapeutic approach, Dr. Pompa has written countless articles and done so many podcasts. You can just, you know, Google that really on drpompa.com and pull up mm -hmm. a lot information as well. Um, now, would you say if someone who's just, they want to get started and there's, there's kind of two parts to this question. The first part is what would you say the three biggest things someone should remove from their diet? If they're just, I don't know where to begin. Like what are the things that maybe I'm eating or ingesting that are harming my microbiome and my immune system? What would those be? That's a great question. 
Um, look, I, I think there's some obviouses and not obviouses. So let's start with the not obvious. Uh, the, the king of that cell membrane that I said is the, the king of the immune system um, is omega-6. Well, you know, you heard a lot about omega-3, but you don't hear a lot about omega-6, except you might think it's bad, but it's not. Um, it is really the king of that, the function of that membrane. Well, look, when we go into even whole foods, health food stores and start reading labels, you'll realize there is an adulterated omega-6 in so many products. That means a, a damaged omega-6 that makes its way into those membranes and creates dysfunction for months, vegetable oil, canola oil, and a lot of the rancid seed oils. They're in so many things, even in health food. So you have to get those out of your diet. That means you have to read labels. If it's sunflower, safflower, make sure it's organic. Um, those seeds, oils should be organic, but make sure ever, no ever vegetable oil or canola oil, get it out, period. And then you wanna take in good sources of omega-6. Um, the, there's a product that we love called Pureform. Yeah. Vista is another one. And Andrea's seed oils is a seed oil that he has a process that doesn't destroy it. Uh, Grass-fed meats, right? Uh, raw nuts and seeds. You know, I, look, I'm I'm not a fan of fish oil. We've done episodes on that. Um, I I'm a fan of fish oil when the oil's in the fish. I'm a fan of vegetable oil, by the way, when it's in vegetables. So it's, <laughs> they're so fragile that um, they literally can go rancid uh, fish oils, even in your own mouth. So even if you manage to get a good one, the eating of the fish oil uh, itself can drive oxidation and use your own antioxidants to you know, quench that. But anyways, another topic, I don't want to go there. But the point is, is to answer your question, replace those bad omega-6s, huge. You know, many of you might be taking fish oil, watch the episodes on the dangers of fish oil. If you put that in cell TV, you'll, you'll have that answer of why I said stay away from it. So, and then I think that a lot of people know sugar's bad and yes, too much sugar um, every day is bad. Every once in a while having something sugar, not an issue. It's what you do every day. But here's one, I think that grains today because of the glyphosate on them. So in the denaturing of the grains, I think taking grains out of your diet diminishes inflammation even more than sugar. You know, my original cellular healing diet, it was so simple. Get rid of grains and sugar and watch your brain fog go away, you know, and, and watch yourself. So, you know, just be careful, you know, with the grains you do choose to eat, make sure they're organic and ancient. And I talk about that in the book, cellular healing diet, but also um, you could just eliminate them and reduce inflammation as well. So that might be a surprise. You know, I'm trying to give people not the obvious here, but. Yeah, that's great. And then the other part is now what should people like, I know you said supplements are not going to fix anything. They're not going to fix a body that's, you know, deep, that's toxic or, you know, that you're not fasting and your gut is a mess. But if you just want to have just sort of like an everyday kind of arsenal of supplements just to have on hand, take when you're feeling like you're getting sick or just kind of an everyday supplement that you can absorb easily, what would those be? What would be your favorite? Well, you know, and again, I, I said from the beginning, ask me that question you did, you know, because I'm not against it, right? I mean, I, I think it's good. Uh, like Cytodefend, you know, we created it for this time. You know, the, there is the elderberries, there is the zincs, there's, you know, I mean, all of the herbal components that some people may miss even that, that helps immunity. 
Um, I think everybody's taking vitamin C. Well, I mean, I, it only does so much. It's, there's limits. Vitamin D, I think, is great, um, but be careful. It has to have vitamin A, vitamin K, um, and all the fat solubles. Otherwise, you create a functional deficiency. Um, I think another strategy there, you could take more once a week, and especially for some people, that seems to work better. If you feel like you're getting sick, I mean, taking 30, 50,000 units that day um, can be really transformative. And then keep that going for maybe five to seven days. High dose can be really a, an immune stimulation. Uh, and if you do have that problem of inflammation, it can buy, you know, it can bypass that. So I think that high dose all, you know, for a few days is a, a strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think that just, you know, looking at, at some of those uh, additions can be good. Um, the, the interview that we did, remember the, um, it's the fermented mushroom, the AHCC product. Yes. That's What's the name of her product that we interviewed? Um, it's AHCC. Um, I'm blanking on the name of her company. We'll put the link. We'll put the link to the episode. But that mm -hmm. that has it really does work. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, and I think it, it hits immunity, you know, a, a little bit uh, a little bit different. So yeah, I mean, so I I think that you know people should be doing those things right now. Yeah. Do you think people are overstimulating their immune systems though? Like every day they're taking elderberry and they're doing all these things every single day, like most of the year. Do you think that there's a reason for them to maybe put it on pause? Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm a fan of being rotating products, right? You yeah. know, doing different things, right? So you don't do what you just said. And I think there is, there's good reason for pause and then starting again, you get that stimulation again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, this was so helpful, Dr. Pompa. I think our audience is going to be so grateful. This is something we want all of you to share because it's not just a, a timely thing these days. This is just an important thing for the rest of your life, honestly. Uh, so you have to take care of your immune system. It's, it's all you have to. All right. Glad well, you had to do the show. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Cyto Detox. Please check it out at buycytonow.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at CellularHealing.tv and please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, and sharing the show with anyone you think may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.